Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. I don't know why I give a dramatic pause. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. It's, just, it's one of those weird nights. It's late. You're basically already drunk. I'm sleep deprived. <gasps> like, So it's going to be a loopy one. I think that's okay. I'm not drunk. I mean, I got a good buzz on. <laughs> this is a science fiction movie podcast, and we are doing a special episode. This is part two of the top 50 sci-fi movies of all time, as voted for by our audience. So we did numbers 26 to 50 on the last episode, although it was the other way around, because we count down from the bottom, because that's just how you do a countdown. <laughs> and this episode is going to be numbers 25 through number one. Uh, and just like the first half, this is premiering on YouTube, so if you're in the live chat, hello for the premiere. But for everyone else watching or listening after the fact, uh, welcome to the show. Um, so uh, I will recap the full 50 before we get to number one, of course, but we won't dilly-dally too much. We'll just get into it. We'll get into the top 25, as voted for by you guys, some of which we're going to agree with, some we're not going to agree with, and then maybe there's some that will be a bit more... I intend to agree with everybody. That's my intention. So don't let me down, people. Yes, well, we'll see. We'll see if you do agree with everyone as we go through this. You ready for number 25? Yes. Number 25. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm just used to doing Babylon 5 on, on, on this night that we're recording. But... Uh, I, I really wanted to go the years 2021, and number 25 is... <laughs> it's not Babylon 5. Number 25 is Gattaca! Cool. Which we have not reviewed yet. No, I actually haven't seen it in a long time. Um, I watched it... I want to say I watched it in, like, high school science class. Like, the teacher just was really excited to share a newish movie oh. with uh, the kids, and maybe we learned something. But it was quite good. You learned that there were some piano pieces that took six fingers to, to pull off. That's right. Or yes. Ten, or technically 12. Technically 12 fingers. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, no, Gag is a great movie. Gag is one I... Like, I don't think I disliked it when I first saw it, but I was maybe just slightly young at the time. And I, I remember sort of rediscovering it when it happened to be played on TV, like maybe in my later teens, and being like, hey, this is actually really good. Like... This is a really solid little movie that's got some really cool sci-fi ideas. And, um, you know, I, I've since seen it a few times again. And, you know, I, I bought it on DVD. I bought it on Blu-ray. I'll probably buy it on 4K when it's on sale on iTunes at some point. Uh, and It's hard to deny Jude Law. I mean, I'm more of an Ethan Hawke guy than a Jude Law guy. But, <laughs> I mean, Ethan Hawke was, of course, in the hit film Explorers. At least you forget. I I have forgotten that. He was so cute. He has a lineage. He has a lineage back to my childhood, does the hawk. Ethan the hawk. Yep. Yes. And Uma. And of course Uma, yes. Tarantino's. Beatrix kiddo. Yeah, one of Tarantino's favorites. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's one of those... Uh, it's kind of a grounded sci-fi. It's kind of a look at the near future. It's a look at... 
uh, of course, society and how we discriminate discriminate against people, and it kind of shakes up what those discrimination parameters are, and mm. sort of is about how in life we should be free to try. We shouldn't say someone can't do something for any reason, no matter what that might be. So it's a very very hopeful at its core. It's got a lot of heart to it. Um, good performances, yeah. good music. I love the score. So people yeah. trying to break out of the machine kind of like the matrix i guess that way where for so many people like this society that they live in is working great for them but that the ones that they that it doesn't work great for we just ignore them yeah so gag is number 25 number 24 is district nine cool i mean i really love this movie but i know you love it a lot more <laughs> I, yeah, I thought you were going to say that. I, I, know, I love this movie, but I know you don't like it that much. What are we talking about? I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, you love it more. I, I, I do love it. There's something about the aesthetic of District 9 that just plays to me. It's, it's also one of those movies where I knew nothing about it when I sat down to watch it and like fell in love with it as it was going on. And that, that only happens... You know, once you're past maybe the age of 13, that mm-hmm. happens rarely, right? It's very rarely you go in completely blind, you know nothing, because you know, at least you've seen a trailer, you, you, maybe you've heard Buzz... I didn't hear Buzz. I didn't know anything about this movie. I just discovered it. And it blew me away. It was just phenomenal. Yeah, it was probably, it was probably around the end of like when people just, you know, the, let the TV decide what to watch for them instead of... I mean, maybe you saw this in the theater, but, you know, there there is a time now where if you want to watch something from a long time ago, you're going to have to, like, look for it instead of stumbling upon it on TV. So yeah, that's just a feeling that you're probably going to have less and less of. Yeah, but, but nowadays, like, someone has to kind of, like, gauge you to a certain, you know, a friend has to say, you need to watch this, and then mm-hmm. maybe you go in blind that way, or... I do um, IMDb rabbit holes. That's how I find movies now. Sure, yeah. I, I, I will look at best of list, obviously, but that's not completely cool, because at least in that case, I know someone appreciates it. <laughs> someone said it was great, because it's on a best <laughs> of list. But, yeah, sometimes I'll, um... You know, if I find a movie I like, I'll go down and I'll say, okay, what else has this director done? I'll maybe start ticking mm-hmm. off a few more of those. Or, um, Honestly, like, for me, in many ways, a lot of how I discover movies now is because of, like, well, I, w- I want to re- review something different for content, so what what, what theme can I do? <laughs> and I'll use it as yeah, an but issue. you're still looking up films yeah. that way. Like, I watched uh, a movie I wanted to see this weekend called The Last Detail, and there's an actor in it, Otis something, and I was just looking under his filmography and there was a movie from the 70s called The Clones that I had never heard of. And I said it was on Tubi. I'm like, I'm just going to see what this is. And that's like the closest I can get now to just stumbling upon a film. Yeah. Um, that's a that's yeah a good example. Uh, yeah. Danny. So I, it, it's just this one of those things that I, that sense of discovery and th- th- this movie, like... As much as people might detract from his later films, uh, Neil Blomkamp, that is who directed this, for fairly, you know, I, I would say fair reasons. Well, I, you know, I, I still got something out of his later films. I do agree that they are much weaker than District 9. Um, I don't think the thing you, you can argue against is the aesthetic of his, like, CG and visuals and how he makes, like, mm-hmm. aliens and alien, like, robotic tech look. Like, I love it. It's got this kind of, like kind of colorful but grimy look to it i, I kind of love uh how everything in the movie looks i, I love um oh what's his face the actor 
I never remember Shale Copley. Shale Copley. He he okay. is wonderful in the film. He is, uh, yeah, definitely. He uh, is such a standout. It's, it's such a good character arc, but then you also have the great stuff. Like, you, mean, you get hyped up for the, the the use of various alien weapons and tools that are there. Because if you don't know the premise of District 9, it's basically a bunch of aliens like showed up on Earth over Johannesburg. And because the, the, the poster kind of sets up the theme of the movie quite well. It's like, if aliens shop to Earth, you know, movies always go, well, what are they going to do to us? But no one ever says, what are we going to do to them? And yeah. It's the idea that we treat them like absolute shit and they're in effectively like a shanty town and then there's plans to put them into something that sounds more like a confrontation camp and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's, it's dealing with all these things and uh, it's really good stuff. It's, it's a wonderful film. I, I, I always recommend District 9. 2009. 2009 is the year that sci-fi came back for a number of reasons. Trek. I mean, the Trek reboot's there, but Trek reboot's not even, like, second or third on my 2009 sci-fi list. Like, that's how good yeah. 2009 was for sci-fi coming back. So It was just nice that when a Trek movie came out that people were like, have you ever heard of the Star Trek stuff? It's actually pretty good. And like, <laughs> yeah. Been trying to tell you forever. Yeah. But then Into Darkness came and dampened that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's still a 10, but... <laughs> it's not still a 10. Oh, by the way, this is a good time to plug... If you go to the, the spread shirt link in the description, there's a new shirt. There's a new Stupid. shirt that's ca- called They're All Tens, inspired by Tara's completely unbiased opinion of Star Trek. Hey, I'm an expert on the subject, so yeah. people can trust me. They're all tens. Yeah, so there's a new shirt uh, in the store. I might even put it on the screen if I, if I remember to find this and do it. <laughs> so that is uh, number 24, District 9. Number 23, we're going back to the A's. And it's another one that we have not reviewed. You know, this is telling me that we have done a good job of not just doing the big classics because there's a lot in this list we've not reviewed yet, which I'm happy about because it means there's a lot of things to look forward to. But That's number right. 23... We're not greedy. ...is The Fly from 1986. Mm. David Cronenberg's cool. The Fly... With Brendel Fly, with two very extremely attractive '80s people, and I say that I say that yeah. because I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, Jeff Gold- Goldblum still pretty pimp in the '90s. Let's be honest, Jurassic Park Jeff Goldblum is is a hunk, but <laughs> like Gina Davis, Gina Davis in the in the '80s is a oh, very yeah, very attractive woman, right? Um, so like a brick house. <laughs> <laughs> so so they're, they're merging and all of their sexy scenes in the fly is like is like it, th- like there's more of a, a a merging with them than there is with jeff goldblum and the, the titular fly <laughs> <laughs> love is a very strong theme in that film yes it, it is mm-hmm. um it's a great film with a, you know some good arm wrestling <laughs> yeah don't you see a bone come through the arm you, you do <laughs> yes nice uh, yeah i haven't watched it in a long time actually yeah, be, f- uh, i'm gonna do it for october sure yeah the, the fly's yeah. a it's a good character movie for someone who's this this fairly nice and gentle scientist who go, goes darker and darker as the movie goes on because of the experiment powerful yeah. yeah um it messes with his mind and yeah it's, it's, it's a it's a good slow burn sci-fi thriller i would say um with a lot of body horror yes a lot of good practical effects all, all that body stuff is, is really good mm-hmm. um really good stuff probably lots of uh lots of slime lots of goo just incredible amounts of goo 
Sure. Yes. Uh, so. That's <laughs> not going to be a t-shirt, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I was actually referencing uh, a bit of a catchphrase that we already have on the streams. And I, there's no way I can put that in a t-shirt. So. <laughs> it might be our bestseller. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to explain what that catchphrase is, but check out MailFuzz Live. I'm chilling a lot of things today. Check out MailFuzz Live for the live streams that I do with watch parties and stuff. Um, so that's the fly at number 23. Uh, David Cronenberg's weird romance movie. <laughs> uh, next up, number 22. Is Serenity. <laughs> don't you make a face. Don't you, don't you make a face. Boo. How dare you? This is a and phenomenal And I'm not saying film. boo earns. <laughs> this, this movie is one of the best, if not the best, theatre experience I have ever had. The emotional rollercoaster I went on in this film is so well written. It is a phenomenal payoff to a great series. How dare you be distracted whilst I'm talking about this already? <laughs> I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> the characters are so lovable and likable and witty and the the way they bounce off of each other. Every interaction means something in that film. It juggles like nine characters so well. There's a great villain. It's funny, it's thrilling, it's sad. It, everything. Everything. I'll, I'm going to leave it there because people... There's literally almost a three-hour review of Serenity that I did with Connor that you can find. So, <laughs> oh boy, what a miserable time! I went through that and dissected hours. it. Scene. I bet it's like reading play Ready Player One again. Oh. By scene. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, <laughs> okay, we'll just leave it there. But it's fantastic and absolutely belongs to be on this list. Could could be a little higher. I mean, it's not it's not my list, so could be a little higher, but at least it's in the top half. So I'll you know stay of execution for all you uh, all you atomic cinema nerds. <laughs> um, What's twenty one? <laughs> Number twenty one. As the original Godzilla. Ooh. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, fantastic film. I don't. I mean, we did a, a, a kind of a cool thing where we talked about both this one and the original King Kong together, and that was mm -hmm. fun. And yeah, I, I mean, I've seen it many times. Still good. Still great. Yeah, no, I love the original Godzilla. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the only one that I would describe. Out of the ones I've seen anyway, as like a proper horror movie where it feels like a threat, where you mm -hmm. feel the catastrophe of the whole thing, uh, the music, the black and white helps with the you know the the limitations of the suit and the effects of the time. Uh, there's still some obvious toys here or there. Don't get me wrong; it's not <laughs> it's not completely squeaky clean, but it doesn't have to be. Those shots, Godzilla walking in the water with the fire behind him. Oh my, come on, that's cinema, baby. <laughs> yeah. I always like when he first makes the appearance over the hill. Hmm. It's like he's getting off my nap. He's like, hello, what's going on here? Oh, <laughs> puny humans. How dare you? I had a friend who told me if you watch Godzilla backwards, it's about a lizard that 
rebuilds Tokyo before moonwalking into the ocean. I'm pretty sure you cracked that joke on the review. <laughs> it's funny. And I let it hit the, the lead balloon at the time as well. Uh-huh. And I have done so again. Mm. I, I, I'm not selling that joke. I'm not selling that joke. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. You don't, you don't even see him walk out of the water. There's no moon walking. <laughs> <laughs> it's still funny. You see him hide behind the hill. <laughs> That's what you'll see in reverse. That's right, that is when he first popped up. <laughs> oh dear, alright, number 20 is Galaxy Quest. Oh, cool. Never give up, never surrender. Never surrender. Did you just watch that documentary? I did, I watched it like last month, yeah. Or maybe two yeah. months ago. Uh, yeah, Galaxy Quest is awesome. So fun and so, like, especially if you're a fan this type of fan who knows that your devotion is to a show is ridiculous but like doesn't anyway <laughs> you know it's it's a little eye-opening i guess you know, I, I watched it. that's why i think so impressive about it is that it could very easily be a parody that makes fun of nerds like you know like p- people often it's I've, a celebration I, I, of a thing we love I, i've heard people talk about big bang theory and about how that should be for nerds because it's all it's all about nerds and i'm like no that show hates nerds Nerds hate Big Bang Theory because it's insulting. Galaxy Quest is a love letter to nerdy people. It's a love letter to fan bases of something. It's a love letter to all those things. Like it obviously and to actors. Yeah, and it starts off obviously with a, like a sort of crummy attitude towards it, but it's all about learning to love and respect those elements and how that actually ultimately saves all the characters. And it's wonderful. And the it cast is, like is a... you know top to bottom is insane. Oh yeah, wonderful cast. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It really is like almost a behind the scenes of like fandom, but also like you get to see the perspective of the actors, like the actors who are really into it because they just love attention, actors who feel like they d- they deserve better, actors who feel like they didn't, <laughs> like they're just riding the coattails. <laughs> you know? So, so hard. In, like in that order, in that order, Shatner, Nimoy, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Maybe Scotty. I don't know. James, <laughs> James Doohan. Doohan. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the order we're going with? Like, yeah, maybe. I, I think it's a phenomenal film. It's one that worked for me before I'd ever seen an episode of Trek. It's one that worked even better once I'd watched some Trek. Um, it's it, Honestly, yeah. it's the best Star Trek movie. <laughs> Over a motion picture, huh? I think so. It may be my favorite Star Trek movie. I mean, it's a great star trek movie i think that there was an actor from star trek who said that when they watched it was like why didn't we make this movie it was uh it was, <laughs> it Sp- was about us <laughs> it was spainer there was there was the, i just watched it <laughs> i just watched that documentary oh, yeah. it was him um That's i'd right. forgotten by the way uh when they got to the sad part at the end when we were talking about alan rickman's death mm-hmm. i'd forgotten that they'd all just like signed up to do a tv show for amazon That's right yeah and then he passed away and obviously they just said no oh, we're not doing it without him if, if you know if we yeah. can't be all of us we're not doing it and i'm like oh no we always had a tv show with us cast back you bastards yeah yeah and it's, it's, and the sad part is is that you know a lot of like stars come back for roles they're clearly too old to play the beauty of this this premise is it didn't matter it didn't matter how no. old they were right if anything their age could play into the jokes because they're like joking about how they're still playing these characters even though they're sure like even old. when you watch like star trek 
five or whatever you're like okay all these people are the same crew after yes. like 30 years <laughs> they're still the same they still have the same jobs on the bridge huh yeah okay none yeah. of them got promoted <laughs> yeah it's, it's so funny you watch uh, uhura in the background go from like the young attractive woman and then you get to like the later star trek original movies and she's clearly like she's clearly had like a bunch of kids by this point <laughs> she's mm -hmm. like you know like maybe in her 50s yeah, it's a, but uh, which is not uh, the only point I make is it's just so weird that she's still in this exact same position all these years later. <laughs> Her yeah. life has changed so much in the real world, but still has that little that little Frankenstein bit of metal <laughs> sticking out of her ear. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, it's great. I I I love it, especially as like someone who grew grew up in Star Trek fandom. Like my dad took me to conventions when I was a kid, and I always felt like I, I was afraid to be fully into that crowd what are you doing that's the clap the aliens do oh okay okay <laughs> no do that sorry did do that maybe it's sideways yeah yeah it's sideways sorry um <laughs> okay i still have like i still have buttons and stuff from when my first conventions and autographs but like i always was afraid to like be a part of that crowd but i also secretly wanted to be it's a tightrope you walk when you grow up a Star Trek fan. You don't want to tell too many people or the wrong person. <laughs> well, like Rathbar's hammer, I will avenge you. Uh, so that's I had some bullies. <laughs> I'll give you a list. <laughs> so that is uh, number 20. Uh, number 19. We have reviewed this one. Number 19 is Blade Runner. Oh, we have reviewed this. Not favorably. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, Blade Runner is just such... It's just a movie I keep going back to saying I should I should like it. I not, I, uh, not just like it, I should love it. I don't think I've given a movie more chances than <laughs> yeah. I have Blade Runner. Because, like, and I think it's because it does look so good, it sounds so good, the technical qualities, the direction is really good. But that script is so boring. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, the the love story which is supposed to be the linchpin of the whole thing, like Oh yeah. No is chemistry. Terrible. No no chemistry, almost rapey at points. It the whole very thing. Very rapey. Is, yeah. Very just like aggressive. Um it, Yeah. And it's the sad part is I love what it's going for. And it's why, you know, that famous monologue at the end from uh, uh Rutger is so good because that scene is amazing. On its own, that scene. Mm -hmm. I just wish the rest of the movie was like the same movie as that scene <laughs> because it would be amazing yeah. i do love the world though which is yeah, why i'm a great, big fan yeah. of the sequel was, is because like you know a director and a, a better script i don't want to say a better director because really scott is really good but like mm -hmm. but somebody who knows what to do with this world you know how i mean to make I, a compelling story i don't think really scott's the pro i think this is a script problem uh, this is just like w what the actual story of the characters are doing they're going for this like noir type story but it's just so dull and the investigation is so dull it doesn't like none yeah. of it's entertaining or engaging maybe i've rated it unfairly but like and in, in another rewatch maybe it'll go up a little bit but i just like you said i just give this movie so many chances and yeah. every time i'm like i just don't like it and there's yeah. like four different versions of it the, vi the visuals the music the technical you know things the effects all of those things are absolutely wonderful i want to love anything in this world unfortunately <laughs> I just, I find myself so bored yeah. almost every time for the majority of the runtime. Like, the intro's great, 
the ending's pretty good, but there's just a lot of stuff in between that that's just dull. Like, yeah. when he goes to talk to someone at a bar, which leads him to the, the weird strip club place, which leads to the chase with the woman who wears, like, the see-through raincoat. Like, all of that is so boring. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't believe just how dull it is. I know I'm shitting all over it. I shouldn't be this. It's a top 50 of all time, baby. Everyone. <laughs> but people obviously love it. There's a fan base for this movie who stand by it, and they've gotten it this high on the list, so... Fair play. I understand. Yeah. Fair play. I know that I am an outlier. You are an outlier when it comes to Blade Runner. I don't think. I don't know if it's. I I think there's enough people who feel this way that it's more. It's more divisive. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a minority majority thing. I think it's a more of a fifty fifty thing. Because Carr doesn't like it that much either. Connor's kind of lukewarm on it. If I remember right. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely had other reviewers say they're not that hot on it. So. Okay. But hey ho, hey ho. Uh, that's Blade Runner at number nineteen. Number eighteen is Arrival, starring Charlie Sheen. Huh. No, I I'm like kidding. That movie. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Their knees bend backwards so they can jump really high. I, I've never seen Arrival starring Charlie Sheen, but I'm sure we'll do it someday. I'm sure we'll do oh, Arrival yeah, totally. someday. Uh, but of course, this is the Amy Adams, the Denis Villeneuve, Jeremy Renner, uh, film, which introduced me to that max max richter track which then played again in multiple other things and i'm like oh yes it's just the max richter song um but yes this is one of those rare sci-fi movies where aliens come down but it's about first contact it's about communication Mm -hmm. um it's in many ways it's the the modern answer to close encounters and um imagine having your main character be a linguist in the film and having it be about deciphering the communication barriers and the debates that come out. That, that, this is a sci-fi movie for people who love Star Trek. Like, not current Star Trek, like classic Star Trek. This is a movie for people who want to talk about the, like, the more diplomatic and the minutia of how to actually achieve. And obviously the mm-hmm. risk of, like, if we can't form some sort of connection, there might be some sort of conflict. We have to, like, solve this in time. Um, yeah, and such a cool vision of the, like, aliens and their technology and their ship, anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, and... um. A, a movie that really, really benefits from a rewatch, also. Which is funny because I've only seen it once, and we will be reviewing this later this year. We plan to do uh, Villeneuve's films before Dune, <laughs> and you know we're in August now, and that's out in October, so we're it's getting, coming up. Yeah, we're yeah. So there. we'll probably watch it pretty soon. But yeah, I watch, I watched this movie in the theater, and then like went back the next night and watched it again. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, it's yeah, it's it's great stuff. Uh, it's it's one of those things where. I've been so up and down in Villeneuve's films, and I know that's not a popular statement with a lot of like modern day film nerds because film nerds tend to love him, right? Because he has a very good director. I love him, yeah. I know you don't like Sicario, but I like I like it a lot. That that movie did nothing for me. I was oh, like did nothing for me. <laughs> um, but hey, you know what? I'm not gonna love all of them. That's okay. But I like well, we'll review it when Tim has another baby. I like arrived. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Not Appar- that there's any plans. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> if Tim has a second baby, we have to review Sicario. I don't know how that happened, but apparently that's the the, st- the statement that's been laid down. Um, Calling it. Putting my foot down. So, arrival at number 18. Uh, number 17 is one we reviewed, and it's one we reviewed not that long ago. Number 17 is Predator. 
Seems a little low. <laughs> but okay. I don't think most people would think this is low. I think, I think people probably think this is just about right or too high. I, I think I think we both love Predator. I think you love Predator to an insane amount, even more than I do. And <laughs> as a result, you're like, this should be like top five. Why is Predator not up there? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I, I don't give it the 10, even yes. though it is a favorite of mine. But yeah, <laughs> I love Predator. Predator is like the perfect Arnold film. The perfect sci-fi film, perfect action film. It's kind of like everything. It's a, it's a slasher movie, but instead of a bunch of dumb teenagers, it's the most badass team of badasses that have ever badassed. Yep, against the most badass alien. Yeah, they, the really badass design. The fair design's great. Yeah, uh, Stan yeah. Winston working his magic. He came in and fixed the first mess they had, and said, mm-hmm. "No, we're not doing that crappy thing. We're going to do this." And makes you think about like people who go out and kill innocent animals for to feel powerful well how do you like being the target now how about that how, how did hon how did we review that whole movie and you never once brought up this like sort of like angle of you know vegans love this movie because it's kind of showing you for the hypocrisy of the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> well i was saving it for predator too okay <laughs> okay <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's wonderful. One-liners, the action's fun. It, you know, we, we just talked about it for like a while, so <laughs> you know, it feels redundant yeah. to go over it again. But Predator's phenomenal. Um, but just on, on the design, you know, I was watching uh, Quiet Place Two, uh, which then that review should be out by the time this goes out. Um, and I just I never I, I'd forgotten what the, the the monsters in that looked like. And obviously, it's not a sci-fi movie, but it's a monster. And big vagina heads. When yeah. I saw the monster again, I went, "This is just a smaller." Smaller, but it's just it's just the, the Cloverfield monster slash uh Super 8 slash Same yeah, yeah, that same thing. It's just the same thing. The head's slightly unique because it's doing its own little thing, but other than that it's the same design. Like, like, this is what an alien looks like after the year two thousand. Yeah, why 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 does every movie with a monster <laughs> use the stupid design now? It's weird. <laughs> it's so bland and you know, I mean and that's it's like it co- was made by a committee, like this is what yeah this is what something that we should be afraid of looks like and this is what we'll use as a template i thought of it because like even though the predator's humanoid is so distinct and he's he's so iconic and and memorable he's got like a crocodile like colored body where it's sort of like this light yellow on the inside and it gets a darker green on the outside it it looks like a villain you know has it ever been another alien that's had its own technology so it's like a smart race that has technology that's not been like that's been memorable and not been just stupid because it's in a B movie. That's I don't think I could think of any Independence Day. I don't know. No, no, nah, because I mean they've got ships, but um, I mean like actual stuff they wear or tools they use or like stuff. Because because no, all I, can't I can think of anything. All I could think in my head <laughs> is that I come in peace the Dolph Lundgren movie we did as a bonus episode where the guy's got like a CD launcher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's his like weapon. He's got like a CD launcher. That's a cool weapon. That was fun. Um, it was for a fun movie. Yeah. Far Cry New Dawn has something similar and it's really fun. <laughs> it's fun oh, to yeah. use in a video game too. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely used like, uh, like buzzsaw guns in video games before, which is effectively yes. the same thing. Although Far Cry 6, I think, has an actual CD launcher oh. that's going to be in it because it plays the <laughs> Macarena in the trailer. You shoot Macarena CDs at people, <laughs> I guess. Maybe there'll be an upgrade where you get other songs. Maybe you can connect to your Spotify account and you can just have it 
randomly select from your library. <laughs> your That's <just> funny. <laughs> uh, but anyway. yeah, you're right. Like it, it, it does have like really cool tools and alien tools and technology that you can sort of like piece together what it's doing, even though it's not like anything we've seen before. And it does that thing where it starts off obviously very mysterious. We get these weird POV shots, but as the film progresses and we see more of them, we learn more of them. It kind of starts to get like a bit of a personality by the end, mm-hmm. where you know by the time he's like you know not to, I'm not going to spoil anything, but just by the time we get to the final showdown, there's a bit of a personality that's kind of formed and implied by just these simple little things. Uh, it comes down to the script, and definitely I think probably McTiernan's direct. I think McTiernan is the linchpin that made Predator really as special. Obviously, the cast are great, but I think he's the one who made that film work. McTiernan mm-hmm. like, deserves all the praise in the world for Predator being as good as it is. Totally. Because um, how many movies have we seen with people in a forest or jungle that have been trash? <laughs> like oh, all, yeah. Almost all of them. <laughs> so, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, number 16. Near and dear to both our hearts. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. Broke the top 20. That's that's okay. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a new movie. It's hard to put new movies like high up, you know, because they don't have the reverence behind it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's a few in here. Obviously, you know, I think it's a testament to science fiction that there is a nice mix of new and old, typically, whenever you get some of these things. Um Dawn, I you know I think that entire new trilogy is phenomenal. I think Dawn is the best of the three. And, totally. Uh, like I was super impressed and surprised by how good Rise was, but when I left Dawn, it was like I just saw like a a special film. I just saw something that I'm going to be yeah. talking about forever. It was a religious experience. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and I remember being a little bit worried because oh, it's a different director. Maybe it won't be as good. And I it's like oh oh, this is even better than the last one. Yep. Matt, give me all of his movies why, why were they wasting Matt Reeves remaking um, like a, a foreign film that didn't need to be remade they should be doing stuff like this and <laughs> <laughs> uh, Batman's and Batman's which you, you know what that trailer is good I mean I like that trailer <laughs> I like Matt Reeves we, we don't need more Batman movies really for a long time but I can't deny I love that trailer I am excited that we're getting a Riddler also sure. Riddler we're getting Penguin as well in that movie Oswald Cobblepot. Yep. Yep. Old Ozzy. Mm-hmm. Ozzy Cobby. Is that what the comic nerds call him? No, I made it up. Just there on the spot. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not part of that crowd. But Dark of the Planet of the Apes is this film. It's a tragedy where you want these two sides, the apes and the humans, to find peace. And like it feels like they're maybe getting it. But there's just someone villainous on both sides of the of the thing that just ruin it and turn it into a conflict by yeah. the end, and it's you care like I, it's heartbreaking. Watching it's a little that movie. too real, isn't it? It's so real. It's so real and heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Can't we all just get along? No. There's always going to be assholes. Such a good. I mean, I, I, I mean, Planet Apes at its core was obviously a science fiction that was had a lot of analogies and it was a parable for certain things. I think the new trilogy lives up to that, you know, because I, I think with the original films, you had that in the first movie, and then it kind of, it just kind of came like B movie schlock after that, like right. Maybe there's some things you could kind of ascribe to things, but for the most part, it was just uh, silly sequels after that. Whereas the new trilogy, every single one of them is like rich with something to say, and it's rich with mm-hmm. what it's representing. And 
I will shut up because we're obviously going to review these at some point. We reviewed the first five movies already. Uh, and we're, we're taking a break for a while doing some other franchises and then we'll come back with the Tim Burton Just because we don't want to watch the... Uh, <laughs> we, we know we can't get to the these new ones one. without going through the Tim Burton one first and I really don't want to watch it. <laughs> Maybe it's better than I remember. I remember there's a video on YouTube going around called like um, Planet of the Apes. Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes is good actually. So um, Yeah, but the stuff like that in YouTube for every movie. You know, actually, yeah. I, I think you'll find that... Uh, Superman 4 is actually a masterpiece. Uh, well, I up. enjoyed the quest for peace. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get a kick out of it as a bad movie, but <laughs> it's not a good movie. It's fun to watch. I liked it when I was a kid. I mean, the guy with the nu- nuclear man with his nuclear radioactive man, yes. uh, fingernails. Not, not, nuclear, scary. not nuclear man. Nuclear, nuclear. man. <laughs> yeah, because that's how Gene Hackman says it. Who, by the way, there's a photo of him this week at 91. He's he's healthy. He's he's enjoying life. 91. Wow. He's because he's, he's been retired since like 2003. So he's, I mean, he's had like almost yeah. two decades of just quiet retirement to enjoy. So I mean, good for him. <laughs> it's such a good, such a good list of films. You know, he did a lot. He gave us a lot. And he, he gave us Crimson Tide. He's no prouder. He's no prouder than Superman for the quest for peace. <laughs> <laughs> that um, might have been like a contract thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes at number 16. Wonderful, wonderful film. Can't recommend yes. that trilogy enough. Good uh, thing no, we talked about it and not anything else. Number, <laughs> number 15. Top number, 15. Top 15. Number 15. Is The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But you know what? I'm going to give a slow clap here. I cannot be more prouder of our audience for not having this in the top 10. The fact that this didn't crack the top 10. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I was thinking this might be number one. Yeah, so so was I. I I thought that this might get number one before we started getting votes in. So this says to me that while obviously a lot of people who watch us don't necessarily share all of our opinions, it does say mm-hmm. to me that my dislike of Star Wars in general has curated an audience that at least partially agrees with me. <laughs> I mean, it's number 15. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much you can, uh, yeah, but you any, can uh, like, take for credit here. Almost any other nerdy group in the internet, Empire's going to be number one. There's not even going to be a competition. It's like Empire's yeah. going to win. Or somehow so, the Dark Knight. Not a sci-fi list. <laughs> I know. Somehow it would make it on. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not to shit an Empire itself, though, because I actually do think Star Wars and Empire are good movies. Although I think Star Wars is better than Empire, but I'm not. Oh, I know. agree. Star Wars is my favorite. Um, because I'll just I'll I'll say my controversial thing about Empire Strikes Back and get it out of the way. The Yoda stuff, not that great. Um, so good. Oh, you're so wrong. Not that great. All that Dagobah stuff. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, back, back to the adventures of Han and Leia and whatever shenanigans they're up to. Way more, way more entertaining. Um, but yes, Empire Strikes Back is uh, number number fifteen. Did you ever see that? Because I, I, I clearly just want to move on because it's Star Wars. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I love, <laughs> I love the original trilogy of Star Wars. Star Wars is my favorite. Um, New Hope, but the, yeah, I think runner-up very close is empire empire strikes back and uh i like the yoda stuff i think it's really fun i mean it is a movie for kids after all that adults like too (laughs) um but uh, i i couldn't disagree more like the more important stuff to me is luke's journey so 
I, I love the Dagobah stuff and the the fight with his father at the end. Oh, the fight's yeah, the fight's good. <laughs> I love how you just said the fight with his father at the end. Like, <laughs> not that I'm saying you should avoid that spoiler because everyone knows that spoiler, but it's just the way you <laughs> phrased it. You didn't even say just looks fight with Darth Vader at the end. You said looks fight with his father at the end. Of the movie. I guess I, I I guess I'm not really avoiding spoilers by calling him his father. <laughs> Although you're the one who said he was Darth Vader. <laughs> I'm pretty Maybe sure. Maybe he's fighting a man. I don't know. Mm, sure. <laughs> he's a regular guy in a robe. Yes. Uh, so yes, this is Empire. Empire Strikes Back. Number 15. <laughs> number 14. Rightfully beating Empire Strikes Back. Robocop. da na 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 da na 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 Dun, 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 dun. I'll stop. But yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would think a movie with Ed 209 would like break the top 10, but it's all right. <laughs> 14 is pretty good. I like Robocop's one that's gotten better with it. I loved it as a kid for all the reasons that kids would love Robocop. But watching it again as an adult and like mm-hmm. just how well it's written, the story about this guy who loses identity and then has to fight his way back to it, like. Oh my god! Like that, like the final line of this movie. I don't want to spoil anything too much, but the final line of this movie, where something is said, like a character is asked a question, and when they give a response, like it is a fist pumping hell yeah moment. It is so satisfying. And then credits. <laughs> yes, that's that is, that is it, and it's the big bold title Robocop as well with the the font. It's not just like you know white text on black. It's the it's the logo. Just comes yeah. up big bold on the screen, so good. And like and like the best sci-fi is like the movie is showing you one thing but telling you another thing. Like the, mm-hmm. there's so much satire in this. It's so smartly written, and uh, yeah, and it it's it's got that per, that Verhoeven perviness to it, but it, it never comes across as like crossing a line. I don't know. He's so good at that. He's so good at walking that line. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to watch the uh, Horny Nun movie that he's got coming out. Well, yeah, maybe with his older age. <laughs> he needs a little bit more. <laughs> he's dialed it up to 11. You watch that trailer and you're like, is this, is this porn? <laughs> the trailer this makes, porn? Yeah, the trailer makes me blush. <laughs> Very excited for it. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm definitely not watching this with anyone else around. Maybe it's a little too uncomfortable. I don't know if I'll go to the theater. I'll probably be the only one there. Just a front row of, of dudes. Then <laughs> <And> myself. <laughs> In the back. Well, why do you think they'll all sit at the front? Get so a closer weird. look. They're there to take notes. <laughs> They're there to take notes. <laughs> oh dear oh Robocop's so good one of the best scores the music scores of all time is like so bombastic and, and mm-hmm. you know it does have the satire but I think more importantly it has this heart where you can truly really get behind the character and you mm-hmm. can truly really get behind what the satire is saying and how this character is hopefully going to defy it by the end like it just so so good like Robo- yeah. Robocop's done nothing but get better as I've gotten older and I've been able to understand it better it's yeah. just, just so good and it it's got um it's got so much violence in it and there's like this extra layer of cruelty behind the violence that you mm. don't get in a lot of films that like it just makes everything so much 
uh, like just heightened emotions when you watch it. Like you, like it's, it's grotesque, but you want him to get revenge and like they couldn't have picked a better, a better guy to play the villain. Um, Kurt Woodsmith. I it was going to, it was going to come. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Nah. Uh, yeah. Star the Trek royalty. Not just him though. Also the guy from OCP, I think is really good as a villain. And the guy from the blob, the one that gets bent in half by the blob. Is that him? Yeah. Well, he's the one who gets melted in Robocop. No, 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 not him. The 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 sleaze ball looks the guy guy in the the business suit Mm. from OCP. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, the the sleaze ball. It was a movie we just watched. What movie was that? Um. I'm trying he, to remember. For, he didn't even have a line. Oh, it's bugging me. I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, God. It's not Miguel Ferrer, is it? Is that who I'm thinking of? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Miguel Ferrer. Okay. I thought you were talking about the big boss. Well, no. No, you're, you're, he was in Deep Blue Sea. That's what you're thinking okay, of. Okay, yeah. That's what I was saying. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Miguel, Fer- Miguel Ferrer. Uh, mm-hmm. He's so good in that movie. He's so good in Twin Peaks as well. Uh, and in Hot Shots Part 2. I'll take a word on that. <laughs> <laughs> Robocop's number 15 or sorry 14 Robocop's number 14 uh, above Empire Strikes Back correctly uh, <laughs> number, I would agree with that number 13 I sense there might be some space from at least one half of the the podcast here on this pick number 13 is Inception <laughs> it's fine it's an 8 <laughs> I think I gave it an 8 Fair enough. I I love Inception. Um, it this this was another one. This was another one. Like just like Dawn of the Apes, where I walked out of it and went, "Oh, <laughs> like I need to go see that again." <laughs> like that was a special experience. I'm not going to forget. I'm never going to forget the first time I got to that ending again. I won't spoil it here because it's just in a countdown. But the first time that cut to black at the end, I will never forget the feeling of that moment and the surprisingly yeah. loud reaction from a crowd in the UK who are normally dead silent no matter what in a movie. Like that, it's not normal to hear a noise at the end of a movie, but there was an audible reaction when it cut to black at the end. Yeah, I think if you weren't a fan of Christopher Nolan or knew exactly who he was and that he made the Batman movie before Inception, then I mean, you became aware of him after that film because it was like a really, you know, awesome experience in the theater. He he became. I went and saw it in. Uh, <laughs> I was in Myanmar and I went and saw it. Okay, <laughs> it, it, beca- it became one of the few, maybe the only, perhaps director, who can sell a movie because of the director. Like mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan movies coming out as an event now. It's you know they they, they sell it yeah. on as and a I Christopher would say Nolan it's movie. Inception. Yeah, yeah. Incep- that happened. I think Dark Knight put him on this pedestal, and then Inception sort of proved that audiences would like his movies. So now everything he does, no matter what it is, any standalone film that has Christopher Nolan's name on it. Like a Spielberg used to have, like Hitchcock did back, and I'm not saying he's as good or, and some ways I may prefer him to Spielberg, for example. But that, I, I mean, I'm not debating who's better or worse here. I'm just saying that he has that same kind of like markability. He's credit. got that clout. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's uh, cool. And Tarantino's kind of that as well, I suppose. Tar- you know, you put Tarantino's mm-hmm. name on a poster, that that sells the ticket. So he should do a sci-fi movie. He might, but he's still talking about the next one being the last film. He's still. <sighs> And it's not the next Star Trek. God damn it. <laughs> I wanted, I never wanted anything so bad in my whole life. Well, it's so funny. For Tarantino to make a Star Trek movie. 
What's so funny is that even other people who have the overlap of being both Tarantino and Star Trek fans don't want that movie because they don't think I he's know, a right I know, I'm fit. like the only person. <laughs> like, come on. But that that's the great thing about Star Trek is that there's so many, like, iterations and people, directors behind it. And, like, it's been rebooted so many times. Like, just, just have another one, you know, with a really great director who like obviously knows his shit when it comes to like what he's a fan of and he's a fan of star trek especially in the original series yes of course this discussion of inception's placement turned into why tarantino should direct star trek all right let's send some emails (laughs) everybody watching inception has a phenomenal action right inventive action it has yeah very kind of like fun spin on the on the heist genre of filmmaking but it has a heart you know when we reviewed it i love talking about like what the film's really about and the main character like dicaprio's playing and what he's dealing with what demons he's dealing with and how it's about his guilt and and so on so you know i I think it's got it's got the weight behind it on top of being a great spectacle of a movie um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's got a lot of characters explaining what's going on the entire time of the film. Well, Don Hit was with the negative. Come on, right? It's a movie that needs exposition. There's a lot of it. Yeah. But also, it has... And it never ends. Brum. <laughs> How's that? Was that the gift from Hans Zimmer? Yes. Yes. Well, Hans Zimmer sets trends, because that, that happened then for two years. There was Brahms-style sounds in every trailer. And then Dark Knight Rises came out, and all of a sudden, chanting was in every trailer. Like, all of a sudden, mm. like, he says the trends. Rise. <laughs> yes, brother, the fire rises. Okay, so number 13 is Inception. Um, number 12 is Planet of the Apes. Okay. Not the, not the Tim Burton. Not, not, bring the top not 10, t- I don't know. Not a Tim Burton one. I mean, it's close. I mean, 12's close enough. Like, it's just, it's on the cusp. Yeah, but top 10 is special. It's on the cusp. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, it is still my favorite of all the Planet of the Apes movies. I love the original Planet of the Apes. I, I, I too love it. I, I mean, I, I do think that Dawn did surpass it. I mean, I, I would even argue, maybe even the trilogy, the new trilogy as a whole, because it's like a set. Anyway, I hold it as a whole higher in my like, you know, like. I think the experience of watching those three as a series is, is, is something I like more than the original film, but the original film is very good and, you know, holds up fairly... I mean, obviously, yes, the, the suits for the for the apes aren't, you know, amazing by today's standards, but... Uh, they were pretty good at the time, though. Hmm. I mean, you still get a lot of emotion through um, Kim, Kim Hunter and um, Roddy McDowell. Like, they, it's still a lot comes through them, and, you know, they... They're able to to squint and like twitch their nose and their ears and their their mouth movements. Yeah, they don't look like chimpanzees like in real life, but they look good for what you're watching. Hmm. No, I mean it's a very good science fiction film. It's one that I you know I've seen it many times now, and obviously there's tons of political commentary in it. There is a ton of um just nice spins on predicaments that characters will find themselves in in movies. Uh, the idea that you get this sort of at the time this like alpha male like actor being this guy who's yeah. treated like this was obviously a, a great spin. It's kind of like in the same way that we talked about Predator and how you, you cast Arnold in this movie where he's the underdog, like mm-hmm. kind of the same thing here to an extent where you cast this you know alpha male of the time to 
to be the one who's kidnapped, who's helpless, to who has to try and rise up and like prove that he's you know worthy of fighting them and things like that. So it's just interesting. Yeah, I do really love the casting of Charlton Heston in it also because he he is and not just the casting of him, but like the character he plays. He plays someone so arrogant, somebody who's who still looks down on the apes as animals mm-hmm. and not as equal, even though they're they obviously have the same intelligence as him now. And it's it's so like it's so much more poignant when you're looking at it as a sci fi allegory to like America or just humans in general. And to have somebody who's just so overly confident even in the situation that he's in over his head over. So yeah, yeah, it, it would, I love it. It would equally be as good arguably easier to have a character who is more sympathetic but the fact mm-hmm. that he's still kind of an arrogant dick the entire time is maybe a perhaps more interesting take on the on the material so yeah so there you go um that is number 12 number- i can't believe i was able to pull the name kim hunter out <laughs> good for me <laughs> i hope it's right it, it sounds vaguely right i I, I don't know. Um, I think it, I'm pretty sure it's Kim Hunter. Number eleven is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Wow, over Blade Runner. <laughs> I Good do job. Th- I do think that this is better than Blade Runner. Now, admittedly, I have some caveats with this one, um, but I'm about to revisit it very soon because we are actually doing this next on the show. This is the very yep. next review we're doing is Blade Runner 2049. So, uh, basically... You don't want to tell me all your thoughts now, even though no. I know you hate one character. <laughs> uh, Jared Little's character is the worst. He's, 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 a, he's a cancer of this film. Like, I, I, like he's terrible. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it when the movie, when we do the review, but like, I, I do, I mean, I love this film. I think it was definitely the standout of the year when it came out for me. He may as well just still have the damage tattoo and he said. It'd make no difference. Isn't that after this movie? I don't know. When did this come out? 17? 2017? Yeah, Suicide Squad was 2016. Oh, that movie was really bad. It, it was really bad. I, I can't Suicide Squad was 2016? No. Yeah. It was the same year as uh, Batman v Superman, 2016. It was this, later that same year. Okay. Well. 2017, yeah. Blade Runner. Oh. Anything else you'd like to research, Med Show? <laughs> the co-host. Suicide Squad was 2016. Okay, I'm done with my research. I mean, I, I told you those things. <laughs> I was just confirming. Oh, I forgot to check if Kim Hunter was... Oh my god, it. stop it! Stop! What mean? Stay focused! <laughs> the show at hand! What is this? Stop it! <laughs> I was right. <laughs> focus. Yeah, unfortunately we're going to talk about it soon, so we don't want to say too much, but I, yes. I will say that I definitely love it. I already sort of talked about when we talked about the original Blade Runner. Um, all the, like all the scenes in like Vegas and stuff remind me of like never ending story scenes. They're so, it's such a, like a, a a beautiful story about like artificial intelligence and 
love it's kind of like her i'm sure you think that her is better and you'll talk about it in the review but like um i do really like that storyline a lot in the film also mm. okay that's number 11 which does mean <gasps> bah, 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 bah. top 10 it is Ooh, time yeah <laughs> top 10 as Tara Bar. so <laughs> eloquently is putting it. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Those are fireworks. <laughs> you really good fireworks when there's a caption afterwards saying they're fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the hand thing too, like explosions? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay. Let some trickling down. <laughs> Number 10. I'm like the guy from uh, Police Academy. <laughs> I, I, in a sense, in a sense that you're you're trying to do what he does and failing completely. Uh, so number ten uh, is the thing from 1982, John Carpenter's. It is phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> Genuinely scary. Dun dun. I mean, you want alien? It doesn't get much more alien than like something that can, like a mouth can appear anywhere at any time on a thing yeah i mean i've spoken about the thing many times about the paranoia about the practical effects about kurt russell and the, the rest of the cast carpenter's direction of course this is one of his best movies it mm-hmm. is a wonderful setting in the snow so they're isolated they're desolate but you have a creature that is like mutating and transforming and is like a true alien kind of uh you know, so so you know, it, beca- it becomes this thing. Um, although uh, to give it like a little critique, if if I can, <laughs> is that uh, the doctor character in the film has a computer that gives him all these predictions, and like this computer is like working out some really weird stuff that is like no computer in the eighties was giving you predictions like this. Is the- it more of like whatever John Carpenter like thinks computers can do <laughs> rather than what yes. they could actually do? Yes. There is an eighty-seven percent chance that one of your team is infected. Uh, how did the computer mm. in nineteen eighty-two like <laughs> come to that conclusion? I don't, it's I don't just a matter of probability. Yes, um, and then it looks like oh, and if it breaks, it makes its way to the mainland or civilization, like humanity will fall in X number of days. Like that's very specific. <laughs> Why does the computer know how to talk about this in this way? It's, it's just weird. <laughs> does he talk to the computer like this? Computer, how long until the entity overtakes humanity? Working. <laughs> no, he still types. All right. I love how Tara's like thinking. Oh, more may, Star Trek references. May, may not be enough Star Trek in this shit. I need to get the more Star Trek references in. Hey, maybe First Contact made the top ten. <laughs> oh dear. Music's great as well. Well, I'm well, I'm on. The- listing things that are great about the thing yeah but i've spoken about it so many times and have we even reviewed this yet is this even on the ace yet no i don't think we reviewed robocop either no we haven't done robocop i know we've not done that mm. but nope. okay so the thing's still on the to-do list as is robocop as is a number of things obviously all the star wars movies oh yeah a lot of things that we have it that people have on this list mm. we'll get to them all right, can't can hit all the classics. One We're after. only like a little over to- two years into this, so yeah. yeah, give us some time. There's a lot of great sci-fi and a lot of not so great sci-fi that needs your attention. <laughs> okay. 
Number nine <laughs> on this list as voted for by you guys is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Well, clearly our audience needs to watch that movie again. <laughs> Do you know what? Anyone else would be happy their favorite movie made the top ten. Tara's like, nope, too low. It is... There, there is no number that could describe that film. It is beyond rating. It is the infinity of films. I, I think know. that describes it perfectly. I feel the number 2001 describes it pretty well, but... <laughs> 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 I mean, we reviewed this not too long ago. Uh, it was a really good discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not to toot our own horn, but obviously the film's a very interesting one to talk about. It's real... I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, there's a lot of theorizing to be done. You can debate about what the film is really about, what it really means. It is beautiful to look at the, the Stanley Kubrick cinematography. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that he was a cinematographer, he was a director, but like... He uh, had a lot of influence though yeah yeah lots of distinct visuals he was a photographer it's a a a wonderful hypnotic film and i I know the detractors i can i can already sense them in the chat i know the people watching the premiere of this are in the chat saying it's boring that it puts them to sleep and to you i say go go stick a cactus up your ass is what i say to that wow so much violence (laughs) Not that I disagree. <laughs> go stick a cactus up your ass and then go see Paul Verhoeven's weird new erotic nun movie. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I think Verhoeven would approve of that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Look, it's weird and experimented, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it sounds like. I just did a sort of generic... <laughs> thing <laughs> i think you went with dracula <laughs> hey he's a bit dracula-esque i, I wouldn't surprise <laughs> me <laughs> um, well fantastic film mm-hmm. obviously nine is too low but like I- i'm glad that it's represented and enough people probably had it at their number one <laughs> that it was able to break the top 10 um I'm glad it made the top ten. I think it is very deserving of a spot in that in that uh, tier. So mm-hmm. yes, wonderful, wonderful. Number eight, Star Wars. I mean, it's the best one of the Star Wars franchise. This is what I was saying it's earlier. The, the, the fact that mm-hmm. this ranked higher than Empire surprises me a little bit, and maybe suggests that our audience is a little uh, in tune with us. Uh, at least enough of them, not all of them. I'll but. be excited when we get to review these. For the first time, being mm. able to talk about like John Williams' score, it it's, might be the whole podcast. It's it's like uh, what is it now? Like eleven movies total. Yeah, I guess with the with the two spinoff yeah. ones. So it's 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 a lot. It's a long, dare I say, trek uh, mm. to go through all of those. <laughs> and as much as I am a Star Trek fan, I am also a Star Wars fan. I mean, not as much, but like. I, I love the Star Wars films mm. and I love that universe. Mm. And uh, I've read lots of the books. I haven't watched all the shows, though. I only ah. watched like halfway through season two of The Mandalorian. Not even halfway. Was it boring? Was it bad? Um, It just wasn't as good as like people were saying it was going to be. Like mm. I thought it was okay. 
Yeah, it's by shit. One, yeah. No, I wouldn't <laughs> say it was that. <laughs> but I haven't watched the animated shows either. Those, like, I know Star Wars is for kids, but when I when I see the animated shows, I just think, oh yeah, it is for kids. I don't. I should really watch good. this. Yeah. yeah, I would be more interested in Tarantino doing a Star Wars movie. I think that'd be really funny. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So Not my, as cool as like the Star Trek one. Imagine the violent shit you'd have people do with a lightsaber. It'd be great. <laughs> what if he does? What if he? What if he's like a secret Babylon Five fan, and he's like, I want to, <gasps> I want to redo, I want to do a Babylon Five movie, and I'm going to do it right. Wait, I mean, right? As Is that what me- you would want? As in, they messed it up the first time. I'm going to fix Babylon Five. <laughs> I don't think I agree with that sentiment. <laughs> no, I, I Denis Villeneuve said he would do Dune, right? Because yes. he didn't. He just wanted to make sure it was done right. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. I don't think there used to be a, a new B5 movie, but, you know. Well, I don't it, know. I don't know how, how a 5 ends. Maybe it a, ends in, like, a great explosion. There's always going to be more Star Wars, though. You might as well do a Tarantino one just to make it interesting. <laughs> Plus, Cora would hate that Tarantino's doing a Star Wars movie, and that would fill me with so much joy. Oh. I would really even contain my joy. Who doesn't like oh. Tarantino? Connor, why don't you like Darren? If you, if, you, in the comments. if you want a podcast episode where I sound like I'm doing an impression of the Ultimate Warrior the entire time, the announcement of Tarantino doing a Star Wars movie on the news with Connor would be where I sound like the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a wrestling thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Wasn't that also a Yul Brenner movie we watched in the 70s? Film? It was, yes. It was a Yul Brenner movie called Ultimate Warrior, which was I'm sorry, film. Star Wars, though. Star- the original Star Wars is the best one. It is adventurous. The three characters are very likable. They go on an adventure. They meet each other. They bicker. They're, they're witty. They're charming. And obviously the music's really good and all that stuff. Um, Super evil villain. In Darth Vader. Yes. And QC droids. It would be delightful if I could watch the original version of it. Because I've, I've never seen no. the original version because I'm not that old. <laughs> there is... I know that there is like copies going around. Well, I you mean, can get it. There is, but like I have high... a friend who got the Blu-rays. I want high. Quality. I wasn't allowed to ask him how he got them. Yeah, but is, are they actually in like HD proper HD quality though? Yeah. Are you sure this Dude, is not the I'm... the ones where a fan has like re-edited the new versions to make them like back into the old versions? I don't think so. Hmm. I really don't think so. Because the only time they've officially I don't been... know, man. I'm telling you, like... The, the only there, time... There's, like, a secret, secret circle out the, there where people have them. The only time they've officially released them since Laserdisc was when they put them on the second disc of a DVD re-release, but they were still non-anamorphic, meaning they're the same quality as the Abyss, and we all know how much I feel about the Abyss and its current state and its video quality department. So, this needs to happen, damn it. <laughs> Yes, I agree. But less so than the best. Come on, Disney. More I'm sure. I'm sure George <laughs> Lucas is like, okay, I'll take your deal. But one more thing to the contract: never release the original copies. Or it wouldn't surprise like that. me. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. He's he's a sod. Is what he is. It's a miserable old sod. <laughs> he knows that's what everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Like you made a masterpiece. Just let the world have it. You know. Well, no. From what I understand, he made a movie that was then saved in editing. That's that is like, like. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but it is still a masterpiece. Yeah. Like, and then that's why that's why he got Edwin Kirshner in to do Empire. <laughs> he 
He didn't direct The Empire or Jedi. In fact, Spielberg no. wanted to do Jedi. David Lynch almost directed Jedi. Now that would be an interesting film, David Lynch. All right, save it for when we do the review. <laughs> yes, original Star Wars. Cool, original Star Wars is pretty good. Although Star Wars as an entity has overgrown and I'm sick of it and I want it to go away and never come back. <laughs> so, number... What are we on? Seven. We're on number seven. Number seven is Back to the Future. Cool. Which I have decided will be our 200th episode. Aww. It's too soon. That episode's cursed. <laughs> is it too soon? We're it's only got on... a death curse. We're... <laughs> it's got a death curse. Is that because you know I watched that? <laughs> I watched that like two uh, days ago. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just... I know the line because you say it all the time. Yes. Friday the 13th. I have seen Friday the 13th. Yes. Friday the 13th. It's, it's, it's called cinema, everyone. Look it up. Uh, <laughs> um, but we're in the 120s we've got 80 episodes to go until we're at episode 200 I'd say we save it for our closing our closing of the our final episode of the show <laughs> we'll just do the whole trilogy in one go <laughs> no 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 episode 200 we'll, we'll come back at it we'll try it again uh, after that disastrous attempt were you, was it because you were drunk? Was that the reason why it fell apart halfway through? I can't remember. <laughs> no. <laughs> I only drink on special occasions. <laughs> Today's my parents' anniversary. <laughs> that doesn't seem that special for you. But <laughs> you know there. Back to the Future is... is like the pinnacle of culture if you are of a certain age if you grew up in the 80s or 90s i feel like back to the future is like a cornerstone of your identity if you're a movie nerd because mm -hmm. it works for people of many ages it is a true crowd-pleasing thing the music is phenomenal the delorean's cool as shit martin mcfly is super likable as the as the innocent hero um Doc, such a fun character. It's full of it's full of you know fun characters. And what's great about it is that while it's still relatively safe for kids, like it's not a movie you have to like shield them from. There's definitely a few little jokes here or there that you know work even better when you're growing up a little bit. Uh, totally. When you like, the parents work so much better when you're older. Yeah, and you know the, the way you know just the little things like how much she clearly wants to buy her own son in the past, like all those little mm -hmm. hints, like just come across so much better when she starts. Do you to think get... it's because she's a little bit um? Like, um, self-obsessed. That she sees a little bit of herself in there, then mm. uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, maybe. She knows she's hot stuff. <laughs> Lorraine. <laughs> I'm Lorraine. Calvin. Why do you keep calling me Calvin? It's on your it's underwear. Back to the Future's perfect. <laughs> it's such a perfect movie. <laughs> it is really great. Really funny. Oh. And I'm really glad that they got um, Michael J. Fox instead of the, the first guy. The mask guy. What's and, his name? Or Eric Stoltz? Yeah, Eric Stoltz. You know, I, I love Back to the Future, right? And I think it'd be an amazing movie anyway. But I think Alan Silvestri's score is so transcending really like mm -hmm. the, the, just the, like the moments where like doc's having that crisis where he's like realizing how much of a problem they're having and it just goes dun 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 
dun dun dun like you know like in between his legs mm-hmm. it's just so good like it just it plays off what's going on so well it it's feel- got such a such an adventurous um Spirit. soundtrack to it yeah, yeah. I, it's like you know so many modern movies like they use temp tracks and stuff so then it feels like they edit it around the music so then the music when the music composer actually gets to do their job they have to make it fit whereas movies from back cat then for the most part like they just write the music to fit the scenes as they're edited and i feel like you really feel that you feel like the composer's mm-hmm. playing off what's happening on screen uh so the pacing feels really good i think sometimes when i feel modern movies are edited to like haphazard and quickly it feels like it's because they've been edited to music so they're go- going for this pace to match the music that we're using in the temp track uh and not to like yeah and i'm not using this to like back all the up. gunshots to like the drum beats yeah and, and i'm not like saying this to be like <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm right yeah. because nolan said it but christopher nolan actually said he hasn't used temp tracks before that reason he hasn't like the idea that he's accidentally editing to the music that he's using he wants to edit the movie oh, correctly you know to what feels right for the scenes and then let the composer mm-hmm. work to that so i think when i'm a director i'll do the same thing yes i i concur and i will my first my first film will be a remake of birdemic <laughs> but i'm gonna do it right this time uh i hate to break it to you but hitchcock kind of already did that <laughs> it's called the birds <laughs> the birds doesn't have an environmental message okay so you well, want... maybe slightly but like you not want... like it should you want to do the the, the true I mean, step number one, don't have characters like just casually mention an inconvenient truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I'll get Jeff Goldblum to play the mountain lion guy. See, I think you're putting yourself into a box by thinking you need to have that character <laughs> right off the bat. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you're right. Nolan wouldn't do that, so I'll change. Uh, <laughs> I'll wait for the, the right person. <laughs> That'd be a great question for a Q&A. Christopher Nolan, uh, how would you remake Birdemic? <laughs> do it right this time damn it oh <laughs> uh, okay, here's a question if i ask christopher nolan a question about birdemic do you think he know what it was yes do you he think knows he knows what the fast and furious movies are <laughs> yeah but i mean everyone does because they're, they're sort of unavoidable whereas birdemic's like niche enough because it's just film nerds that know how bad they're this bad movie like i'm gonna send him a tweet I don't think he's on Twitter, but go for it. <laughs> oh, I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, was that our conversation for Back to the Future? Yep. I think it was. Um, this is a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> number six. <laughs> number six is Jurassic Park. Okay. I think I know the age range of our fans now. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's that's a first statement. <laughs> no, I I love Jurassic Park. I mean, Jurassic Park for me was the movie that made me a movie fan. I went and saw it in theaters. I remember there was a girl in front of me who turned around. She was so excited to tell me that this was actually a really scary movie and I should be very careful. And then turned back around and I don't know who she was and never saw her again. But <laughs> but well, uh, I've got a surprise for you. Because today you're going to reunite with that mystery girl. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is Beverly. Did you, did you just pull an Oprah? <laughs> I thought that was more of a Jerry Springer thing, but I mean, fair enough. <laughs> I think it's more of an Ellen thing. It's more of an Ellen thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't watch daytime talk show crap. <laughs> yeah, but Jurassic Park was the, the movie I went and saw, and I was like. 
you know, I always love going to the movies, but I think I actually am just a movie fan. Like, I love movies after that because it just, like, changed everything I'm, for I, me. I mean, I'm sure we had this conversation when we reviewed it and we did all the Jurassic Park movies up to date. Uh, but it was the first movie I ever saw in the theatre. This was, this was what I was taken to. Uh, at four years old, I was taken to Jurassic Park. Mine was the last movie. <laughs> Back to the Better Future? Yeah, but I was only a few days old or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way you could comprehend. You're literally <laughs> My mother a, really wanted to see it. You're a newborn baby. You were literally newborn. <laughs> she just had me on the boob the whole time, so I wouldn't be yelling, I guess, or, <laughs> or crying. Whatever babies do. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, her, her memory. My mom is such a movie fan, and I, you know, also am because of her. Her experience of watching Back to the Future, she'll always associate like certain moments of that film of when you bit maybe a bit too hard. <laughs> like, like oh, every, every time, then. Or, or whatever. But every time she gets to like a certain moment, she just she has like a little flashback, a little memory <laughs> of that yeah, first maybe. time with newborn Tara. Uh, well, <laughs> Jurassic Park's wonderful. Uh, needless to say. I mean, I was a young young boy. Dinosaurs seemed pretty cool at that age. Uh, totally. I had, had a lot of dinosaur toys at the time. Um, I had a lot of dinosaur stuff after Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. Um, it was dinosaurs. Then I moved on to Power Rangers. Uh, also, Ninja Turtles were kind of in the middle of that as well. Um, that was my brother's thing. I don't know. Maybe Ninja Turtles just a boy thing. Probably, but, you know. Because he's a bit older than you. And Fair. probably like eight years. So like, but I guess Ninja Turtles, you know, was on for a long time. I bet there's some little girls who love April O'Neil and like look up to her as a character. Um, I was a She-Ra fan myself. I never saw She-Ra, but it, I mean, I, I've never liked fantasy crap. So, so <laughs> you never watched Masters of the Universe either. I, I have literally never seen He-Man. Oh wow. It looks really, I liked He-Man. It looks really lame to me and it always did even as a kid. So You should watch the movie with Dolph Lundgren. It's kind of... It's borderline sci-fi. We should just watch it. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren and I believe Courtney Cox is in that movie if I remember right. Yeah, I think so. So That's the worst part of the movie is that they bring in like modern day humans. Ugh, it's the worst. They always do that for movies like that. They, they always have to somehow like bring them into the real world or something. They yeah, otherwise people that. are not going to relate to it. Like, There's like a whole fu- freaking... <laughs> It's the same, same as Super Mario Brothers. There's, like they a ha- whole, there's a whole fan base. What are you talking about? Of course people are going to be into it. Same as Super Mario <laughs> They're Brothers. They're the ones that are going to go to the movies. They, they have to make Super Mario Brothers about guys in the real world who go to an alternate dimension. I'm like, just make it about the, the you know Mushroom Kingdom. Just set it in yeah. there. Who gives a shit? That said, though, right? I kind of love Super Mario Bros. the movie for how bad it is. And, oh, yeah, it's so bad. But, it's definitely worth watching. And like, I'm, I'm, glad, it, villain. I'm like, glad it is what it is. Don't get me wrong, but... From a principal level. King I ha- Koopa. <laughs> I love the Goombas. The Goombas are so horrified. <laughs> when I was a kid, like those like they really were the stuff of nightmares. That'll be nitting Koopa Bucks. Thank you. Koopa Bucks. That's when he orders the pizza. Hold hold the lizard tail. Uh we're on, how are we on Jurassic Park? That this is this is you, this is your fault. I blame you. I don't you. think so. Jurassic Park. Jurassic. I was Park. talking about breastfeeding. I don't know how you got to anything else. Because I don't know Bob Hoskins. I think of his head's kind of boob shaped. I guess I don't. 
I love Bob Hoskins. It's right. not, but it's all Bob Hoskins. He was drunk during that movie. I, both of them were. They're on record as saying we got through that shit by being drunk. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, um, Jurassic Park's wonderful. Number five is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Dun, 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 dun. Has Terminator come up yet? No. So this is not... Okay. I suspect that Terminator will still be on the list. Mm-hmm. Because if it... If our, if our audience doesn't think that it's better than Terminator, I think it would have showed up already. Mm. I, I, I Detective Tara on the case. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people can't, you know, pick a favorite. I can. I, I, I like Terminator a bit more, but like, this is... To me, like the the perfect sequel, <laughs> you know, especially as a fan of like Linda Hamilton's journey in the first film, watching what she becomes in the second is like especially like um, engaging and yeah, good mm-hmm. good writing, good job, James Cameron. <laughs> yes, Terminator Two is a phenomenal sequel. <laughs> it uh, ups the ante. It gives us a, a great new villain. That also turned out to be iconic. Uh, great score, great everything. I mean, it's like it's, it's just really hard about doing these best of things, especially when we've already done our own top lists. I feel like I'm just saying it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great for this reason, it's great yep. for that reason. Um, and we did review. That's why we go on tangents. Yes, and we did review it, so you can go back and check all the Terminator reviews if you want. Um, personally, the most enjoyable part of this video is just watching slowly entry by entry. Uh, Tara sort of sliding down the, the, the sober sort of scale. This is the last of the wine. Is it? Yes. Yes. Uh, you giving your thoughts on Terminator 2 definitely had a few uh, moments. <laughs> You're going to edit it so that I sound better, right? Never. <laughs> Just lie to me. <laughs> yes, of course, Tara. Of course. I'll, I'll edit that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Number I'm distracted because I'm I'm watching my sister's cat and he has been hiding under a bed for the last five days, but he's out now and he's like right next to me. I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know. Just play it cool, I guess. He'll be fine. Number. <laughs> it's a funny sounding cat. Number four is the Matrix. Awesome. Hmm. Wow, number four. That's, Hi. that's great. People love The yeah. Matrix. And honestly, uh, having watched it again, because we reviewed it not long ago, I, I yeah, find I it can't hard, fight that. Yeah, I find it hard to argue. It's such a uh, well-layered film full of things. We talked about it for like two hours. Such a good film. Yeah, I I don't remember where I placed it when we did our own list, but like I would probably put it higher after watching it yeah. again. I don't know. I, I don't know if it would make my top five, admittedly. Like, uh, this may be a little high, personally, but like... Not in a way that I'm like going to fight it. Like <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. So, um, you know. So, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's leave it there. You don't have to tangent on everyone. That could just that could just be it. That's the matrix. It's Top excellent. three, then. It's excellent. Top three. <laughs> Number three is the Terminator. Okay. So this is again was the people who like couldn't 
figure out which one they like best, so they're basically right next to each other. Both came out a lot, obviously, both very high in a lot of lists. People tend to love both films. Um, I am surprised that the first one's over the second, because I think most people I talk to love the second one a bit more. I think we have curated a very intelligent fan base. I think that's what that tells us, because we both think Terminator 1 is better than Terminator 2, and I love Terminator 2. I I grew up loving to death Terminator 2. I still love Terminator 2, but Terminator 1 is so much, like, so much of my taste and who I am is shaped by how much I love the Terminator and how it handles its, its subject, its cyberpunk horror... It's characters, the, the arc of Sarah Connor, the the way that the Terminator is designed, the look of the future. It's yeah, it's basically perfect. It's, it's basically perfect, and there's even a Bill Paxton cameo. So, you know, yep. How can you fault it? How, how... I hope the rest of these films have Bill Paxton cameos. <laughs> I suspect one more will have Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is number two also the Mystery Science Theater movie? Because that would really please me thank you audience i mean i I would love to say it and please you i do i, I wish i could but <laughs> <laughs> i'm afraid <laughs> i'm afraid i got some bad news <laughs> but uh, there's good it's news number one is that what you're trying to say <laughs> i do have some good news though number two <laughs> does have bill paxton in it number two it's is aliens aliens <laughs> Because you said that Terminator 2 is the perfect sequel, I had to bite my tongue because I, Aliens is even more perfect as a sequel. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think I would rate Aliens higher than Terminator 2. That's good um, But it is, uh, yeah, obviously it's your number one movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a fair point. Yeah. That's, 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 that's how you deduct that. Uh, so... There you go, Aliens. Uh, we reviewed it recently for Alien Day in April, so check out those two hours of absolute Turns praise. out we both really like the movie. Yeah, turns out, turns out it holds up pretty well. Uh, and for... not just Bill Paxton, like everybody in the movie. Oh yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's start to finish. Again, much like the Terminator shaped my... You know, James Cameron personally is responsible for a lot of the things I love and what my taste in things is. So it's a yep. shame that hopefully he gets back to releasing movies and not just talking about making them. Hey. Twenty twenty two December is looking good. Wasn't Avatar two supposed to come out in like twenty sixteen? It was. It's been pushed back a number of times, but they've actually shot things. I've seen set photos, I've seen evidence to see the, the finished principal photography. I saw some kids in a pool or something. They, they, yeah. they, they saw <laughs> they, they finished principal <laughs> photography of both two and three. They they exist on film. Okay. So two and three are definitely. We're just waiting for him to to finish his 4D technology before we can watch it. (laughs) I mean, I hope he just takes a day off to like watch the new print of the Abyss so he can approve that new 4K release. That'd be delightful, Cameron, my old buddy, old pal. You know, he is vegan now, and Mm -hmm. he's been very outspoken about it. So I imagine his movies. I mean, they've always had this environmental message. Mm -hmm. I imagine they're going to piss some people off with the vegan message. <laughs> I mean, Avatar One was already pretty, like you know, that's not, you know, colonize and take over forests and things of that nature. Yeah. It's, it's already pretty there. True. Uh, you know, so there it is. We'll just cultural appropriation. That's all. We'll do that instead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love Avatar. 
I'm looking forward to Avatar. Is that too. number one on the list? <laughs> no, Avatar's not. Unfortunately, Avatar didn't quite make the cut. Not- I actually don't know what is number one. <laughs> I can't think of what movie I'm missing. Oh. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I was going to like recap the rest of the list and then reveal what number one was. <laughs> you can edit that out. I'm sorry. That was a mistake. <laughs> Just bleep it out. Finally, finally, your your drunkenness has sabotaged. What? This. I liked I liked guessing. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> well, let me Did recap. You do like the little bleep with like the black bar okay. over my mouth. Yes. And yes. then you can face palm after. Yeah, I'm sure so, uh, people already figured it out what, what number one is anyway. Uh-huh. uh-huh yes. I will uh, take a note, shall I? I'll bleep that out. Okay, let me recap the list then from the top, shall I? <laughs> number 50, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Number 49, Gravity. Number 48, Dread. Number 47, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Number 46, The Abyss. Do it, Cameron. Uh, number 45, The Hunger Games, for some reason. Number 44, Return of the Jedi. Number 43, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Number 42, Children of Men. Number 41, The Truman Show. 40, Ex Machina. 39, Stalker. More people need to watch it. 38, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Original, obviously. Number 37, Annihilation. 36, Horror. 35, Edge of Tomorrow. A.K.A. Live, Die, Repeat. <laughs> 34, Total Recall. Original, obviously. Number 33, Moon. 32, A Clockwork Orange. 31, Star Trek 4, The Voyage Home. Try not to read into Tara yawning during the mention of Star Trek. Uh, I feel like people have a field day with that. Number 30, Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. Number 29, 12 Monkeys. Number 28, Cube, 27, Under the Skin, 26, Mad Max, Fury Road, 25, Gattaca, 24, District 9, 23, The Fly, from David Cronenberg, 22, Serenity. Wait, you want another reaction from me? I'm just just giving the time it deserves. (laughs) Let it sink in. (laughs) Let it marinate. <laughs> number 21 Godzilla from 1954 obviously number 20 Galaxy Quest 19 Blade Runner 18 Arrival 17 Predator 16 Dawn of the Planet of the Apes 15 The Empire Strikes Back 14 Robocop 13 Inception 12 Planet of the Apes, original, obviously. Uh, 11, Blade Runner 2049. 10, John Carpenter's The Thing. 9, 2001, A Space Odyssey. (laughs) Number 8, Star Wars. Number 7, Back to the Future. Number 6, Jurassic Park. Number 5, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. 4, The Matrix. 3, The Terminator. 2, Aliens. And number one, Alien. I buy it. 
<laughs> yes, my my tone, my tone there was of well, Tara already spoiled it, even though I blipped it out. But <laughs> <laughs> she could have just like said, "I don't know what it is," and then kept her mouth shut to make you build some suspense. Yeah, for some reason, I felt compelled to just blab it out loud. I don't know why. I mean, I think it says a lot that Alien and Aliens are back-to-back number one and two. I mean, that's pretty monumental. And then the fact that there's three James Cameron films in the top five, it says a lot <laughs> about our audience and our generation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I love Alien. I had it at number three for me on my list, and um, I do. I like it just slightly more than the, the sequel, because the sequel is a lot of fun. But there's nothing fun about the first one. The first one is a horror <laughs> film. I love it so much. <laughs> the way you said that was funny because it was like, and there's nothing fun about the first one. Tara doesn't like fun, apparently. No. It's not fun at all. Everything's leaking. Yeah, I love the set design. I love the aesthetic. The world that it's created. You don't get leaky ships, you know? You don't get enough condensation in ships. I lived on a boat for three years. I can tell you, there's a lot of conversations. Things things leak, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm behind, I'm behind you, hundred ten percent. We should have more leaky ships in space. The ships are too who, dry. Who do I send these emails <laughs> to? <laughs> I depa- demand more moisture on my ships and movies, Hollywood. <laughs> More leaky ships. Which is anyway. funny, because they, they always do it for roads. They always, like, hose down the roads in movies. They're always wet. Like, so, mm-hmm. what, why isn't there just a guy on this, this, this the sci-fi, like, spaceship set just with a hose, just hosing it down <laughs> before every shot? Yeah. <laughs> I would like to make that job happen. Mm, yes. I'll, I'll contact some people. Yes, yes. I live in the right area. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course you do. Uh, Soon I'll have an Oscar for best <laughs> set wetter. <laughs> I don't even have to crack a joke to that. I think that that, that that all the jokes that could be cracked, everyone just thought of on their in their head on their own. I don't need to crack any jokes. <laughs> set wetter is hilarious. Uh huh. Um, I've only made myself laugh like three times on this show. That was one of them. <laughs> what do you mean on this particular episode or in general? Just in general. I don't know. I feel like you've made yourself laugh like 10 times this episode. I don't know if I believe that count. <laughs> and to be fair, you're pretty well, drunk at this three point. Three times that I'm so. proud of. Okay. But yeah, you're... I'm proud of, I'm proud of the um, of the baseball line in our Babylon 5 review. That one I'm proud of also. Yeah, well, I don't even think that one was that good. You, you, and it's not to say that you don't Are have you good kidding? jokes. You have great jokes. I laugh at your great. jokes all the time. But that baseball one in Babylon Five was was it was okay. Oh my god, that was, was the best one I've ever. It was middle done. of the road. <laughs> Just think about baseball. Oh come on. <laughs> anyway, that's why Aliens is the greatest sci-fi movie ever made, according to according to our audience. <laughs> yep. Oh dear. Look, clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly, these countdowns are a little wacky. We acknowledge this. We acknowledge this. 
And I will like to say that the only reason that I'm pretty drunk is because I don't really drink all that much. So, oh yes, yeah. this like two glasses of mm-hmm. wine have really done it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like these are lists that we are trying to like represent or or prove. These are obviously the results coming in from people uh, who have voted. Uh, so we we you know we don't come in here prepared to argue these. We we are here to just react to them. Uh, and apparently that has descended into complete chaos today. Yeah. So. Well, I'm very proud of people for picking Alien. I think that is a worthy number one. I'm also glad that people voted Alien very highly. I'm I'm okay with mm-hmm. that fact. Um, of co- of course, there's you know, so, some some movies I would have loved to have seen squeak on there that are a bit less unknown. That unfortunately we've not convinced enough people to watch it. Like coherence. Like the Blob eighty eight. Good Blob eighty eight. Coherence. Time crimes. There was a lot of little films that I think maybe deserve a spot over some of the things that are there. But maybe in another ten years we'll do the list again. Hmm. Yes, the boat. Um. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I don't know what countdown we'll do. Like in six months or whatever we do our next countdown, we'll have to think of a maybe like a top ten or a top twenty five of a genre or something. But. What about top 10 underrated <gasps> sci-fi films? I think I think there could be some gold to that. I think there should be some gold to that. Uh, that number one is obvious, of course. Is it the one that you already talked about? <laughs> no. What is it? <laughs> Wait, don't tell me. Save it. <laughs> <laughs> That, it's that's, replica, isn't that's it? That's the last. It's not Ravley. <laughs> Definitely not replica. <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, there you go. That is the uh, top fifty sci-fi movies as voted for by you guys. Um, and I trust you've enjoyed this uh, this part two and both halves of of this uh, this epic journey. And you will join us for our next regular episode, which should be coming very soon, and that is Blade Runner 2049, which was one of the movies mm-hmm. that popped up on this list. So uh, look forward to that, and uh, we'll, yep. we'll see how that goes. But um, I guess at this juncture, uh, I should take the time to thank our Patreon producers. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bored Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. They're our Patreon producers for the month. And I will now nervously hand it over to Tara to tell you all about Patreon. I know. I look like George Washington right now. I have wooden teeth. Yeah, that's right. Uh, If you enjoy our reviews, please check out the Patreon page. (laughs) You can't start with that's right if you have another sentence first. (laughs) Let Let me do my flow, okay? Interrupting my... My flow, my energy. Um, that's right. <laughs> if you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate so as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. You can check out what we think of films like Leviathan, um, Future Force, uh, Extro, all sorts of gems. Um, I'd well, buy that for a dollar. Most, re- <laughs> most recently, <laughs> most recently, Starship Troopers Three, I believe, was the last one. So. Oh, Marauder! Yeah, that was a fun one. That you wasn't. 
<laughs> you can see what we think of the Starship Troopers franchise. You know, the first one was on our li- on the list submitted by you guys, but um, the third one wasn't there, notably. Uh, maybe because it's underwashed. Maybe it'll show up on our underrated sci-fi list. Click on our review and find out. Thank you. No, no it wasn't. <laughs> Did you just say Starship Troopers was on that top 50? No, Starship Troopers was. Was it? Where? You said it was. I don't remember. Hold on, I'm looking down at it. I'm looking down the list. I don't remember Starship. I'm looking for it to confirm this. Oh, I thought it was in like the 30s or something. I, I'm not seeing Starship Troopers. I mean, if it wasn't in the top half, I don't that much. I'm just... Oh. I, I, I think you're, you're lying. <laughs> They're your teeth. That's what's happening right there. <laughs> Well, it was on my list. Um, <laughs> I guess I just heard what I wanted to hear. Uh, apparently so. Um, I, I, I would... It's uh, not... Uh, maybe I placed it instead of Serenity. I just put Starship Troopers over it. <laughs> so it was like a, a good list. A list that people could take seriously. To quote Kurt Russell from the thing, cheating bitch. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> When he pours the booze into the computer because he loses chess. A great scene. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. impractical. <laughs> uh, pardon me for referencing a movie that came up today. Unlike you, making up movies that came up today. Tubers <laughs> wasn't on the list. That's crazy. Hey, the, the two correct Verhoeven movies were. Robocop and Total Recall were there. Those are the two important sci-fi ones. All right, everybody, resubmit your list, and we'll do it again <laughs> with Starship Troopers on there. Clearly, there was some oversight. Oh, it was there, yeah. So some some clerical error on my part, was there? Uh, <laughs> okay, that has been the top 50 sci-fi movies as voted for by you guys. Uh, just to wrap up with the, the plugging part, like, subscribe, all those things on YouTube. They help out YouTube channels a lot. If you listen to the audio feed, of course, uh, rate the podcast five stars and give us a review on iTunes, Podcast Addict, wherever you listen to your shows. Um, but there you go. That is it. And if this went a bit... T- what the <laughs> hell was that? Jesus Christ. The audio people don't know what I'm talking about, but Tara just invaded... <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Warner Brothers are going to come after us. All these Space Jam characters popping up on the, the screen. The reactions that are on Skype. I I don't know why they're here. Stop clicking them. You don't have to click them. Stop Stop clicking them. It was the thumbs up one. It was LeBron. Cartoon LeBron. This this has deteriorated into madness. Hopefully people enjoyed the madness that it deteriorated into. If you want a more serious top 50, go back and check out our own top 50s where we revealed our own picks because I think we tried to argue those ones a bit better. There's no arguing here. I mean, this is voted by the people. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I don't, say, I don't mean arguing as we're arguing with each other, but just argue our picks as in we, you know, try and justify why we've picked the things we picked. I'm pretty sure I just said that because it's great and I love it. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you once again for joining us. Uh, keep watching science fiction. 
a computer at salsa. Yippee ki yay. That's the wrong genre. <laughs> <laughs>